0: Indoor air quality is now on the minds of everybody. How can we improve the air quality in general? So, Erlab is a company that provides protection through filtration for your breathing zone, in the laboratory and outside the laboratory. And why we're here in the commercial space today is to provide protection for the air that we breathe. It's very important in commercial spaces, obviously, because there's a lot of people that come in and out of restaurants, schools, long-term care facilities, whatever it may be, offices. So we want to provide the healthiest air possible so we can get back to some sort of normalcy.
1: good afternoon and welcome to the healthy indoors live show i'm your host bob krell uh and sorry to keep those of you waiting to see the stream start at 1 p.m uh waiting for six minutes we had a little bit of an audio glitch here uh with zoom in the back end of the show so anyway we're here you know some you know such is the case with live stream and live television sometimes. So anyway, uh, happy Thursday. Um, today's show um, is going to be talking about an upcoming event that we're really excited about for a couple of reasons. Because I think it's, it's a unique, novel event, um, first first and foremost. Secondly, we're uh, one of the uh, platinum uh, partners for the event. So, uh, you know, we're, we're heavily invested in it. And, we're, and we believe this is going to be a really exciting event. But um, we, uh, w- we'll get into that in a sec. Uh, one of the things that I would like to uh, uh, talk about here quickly, let me just get our graphics all squared away here. Oh my goodness. This is what happens when you start late. Okay, great. Um, we're being uh, brought to you today in part by uh, Erlab. Um, They're the makers of the Halo Smart Air Purification Stations, which is a complete air treatment system for room level mitigation, providing 99.995% clean air for workspaces, meeting rooms, restaurants, gyms, and more. Uh, with Halo Smart, ERLAB has created market-leading professional solutions for purifying the air in enclosed spaces where people gather. You can learn more about that Halo Smart at halo.erlab.com. So, um, and of course, the show is also being brought to you by um, our topic for today, which is Healthy Buildings, uh, America 2021. With us today, uh, our guest for the show is uh, someone who's intricately involved in that. Um, it's John Downey. He is the Executive Director of Siri, which is the Cleaning Industry Research Institute. Hey John, how are you?
0: Hi Bob, I'm great, how are you?
1: Good and now that we got through the uh, the audio issues uh, coming into the show, yeah, I feel great. <laughs> oh man, so yeah, yeah nothing I like would. making you nothing like making you feel real comfortable coming in. <laughs> you know, we have we I, I was thinking about how many hours we've streamed since the pandemic started with healthy indoors with events and everything else, and we've literally done about three hundred hours of live streaming um ish you know maybe a little bit more and i will say out of those 300 hours there's been a couple of bumps not too many but a couple you know this was one
0: (laughs) (laughs) well memorable
1: uh, it's it's never like it's never comfortable for somebody that's not used to you know being on shows and being online and and seeing these things so that in, in that regard i think it's difficult for people um you know, sometimes it can be right. I mean, it certainly didn't make you feel great coming in, but um, yeah, rest assured, whatever. So I, I'm just checking all the monitors, looking at all the fees. Now I'm paranoid as hell. I'm not going to lie. I'm just <laughs> I'm like, okay, what else is going wrong in the back end? But no, we're all good. So, Hey, to everybody in our live virtual studio audience, we've got a bunch of people sitting in here today. Welcome. Uh, Good to see you. We're going to take your live questions uh, not too far into the show. We'll actually let you guys come on and start asking questions. So at this point, if you have a a burning question in your mind, you can uh, type it into the chat. Our editor from Healthy Indoors Magazine, Susan Valenti, is sitting there moderating the chat, and we'd be happy to uh, entertain uh, any questions you might have up. Those of you who possibly uh, watching the show from the Healthy Indoors Online Global Community, which there always are some, um, and that's outside of the virtual studio audience, you guys here that are in the Zoom meeting, um, you can chat in that chat box on the Healthy Indoors Global Community and uh, we'll pick that up on another monitor and we'll bring that in too. So there, okay, we're done. John, let's. T- why are we here today? We're, t- we're talking about the event. <laughs> Tell us about the event, those of you who don't know. <laughs>
0: First of all, uh, thank you for having me, Bob. I appreciate it. And as you mentioned, uh, actually, I, I guess I want to maybe specify that you're more special than you realize. Healthy Indoors is the platinum media partner for the Healthy Buildings 2021 America Conference. So we really appreciate what you're doing. Uh, we're we're tr- doing our best to get the word out in a v- variety of um, medias and ways that you're front and center. And, uh, that's because we, we really believe in, and you've got a good audience, good, uh, viewership, readership. And, uh, I think it's a good, con- you know, it's a good connection between us. It's, uh, there's a good fit.
1: Feeling is totally mutual and really, and much appreciated.
0: So, Healthy Buildings, um, I, I would imagine many of the people on who are uh, watching right now uh, live are at least somewhat familiar with it. It Healthy Buildings is a uh, conference put on every two years by ISIAC, International Society of Indoor Air Quality and Climate, and this year... M- Boy, we could talk a little bit. Probably don't want to about the challenges associated with doing a conference this year. Uh, but this year, CIRI, the Cleaning Industry Research Institute, which is the organization organization I'm the uh, executive director of, is the host organization, and we're holding it live in person. God willing, we're determined in uh, Honolulu, Hawaii, on November 9th, 10th, and 11th.
1: Okay, and I'm going to put a graphic up for you on that. There we go. Um, and again, this is, uh, this, is an, this is a 16th annual Healthy Buildings event, or not annual, 16th of time this, this event's been held. But this one, why does this differ so much? Because this, this is a little bit of a different focus for ISIAC, is it not?
0: Very much so, and uh, I think it's kind of a different focus for the industry. I mean, what makes the difference it different is that it is truly a focused research to practice, and I'd like to say also practice to research conference. The Healthy Buildings conferences, and and I, I only know this from talking to Richard Shaughnessy in particular. Going back to very early on, we're supposed to be research to practice conferences. But my understanding is they just never really developed that way. And while they were, you know, the, the, the talk was that it would, would involve practitioners in significant ways, it really didn't happen. What's different is that theory is, we're not exclusively, but we're primarily a practitioner-based organization. That's who... The, the, the cleaning industry, the re- restoration industry, and the remediation industry, and all the components associated with those industries, which I'll say is plural, although they're kind of commingled, uh, that's who we focus on. That is who we uh, generate and communicate science for. So with, with those industries, there is a, and, and our determination, and when I say our determination, I'm not just saying Siri. Our determination with Shaughnessy, with uh, Carrie Kinney, the president of the conference, uh, and with the organizing committee has been, we will have a conference that involves both elements, both practitioners and uh, researchers in a different way. And honestly, it, you know, I've had some great conversations with people. I've had some great conversations with people who are kind of doubting Thomas's as it relates to, uh, is that, is that really what's going to happen? And all I can say is, and uh, is, you know, just give us a chance that, you know, (laughs) that's what we're determined to do. Uh, if you, if you give us a chance, that's what's going to happen. Is it going to be, in, in my opinion, it is not going to be the, the, the end of it, it's really the beginning of mm-hmm. of a different relationship. And it, the other thing is, is it going to involve all the researchers there? Is it all the, all the 300 and, and more than 300 uh, uh, presentations, both oral and uh, poster? Of course not. Uh, but it's going to be what's featured. And, you know... Izyak and I've learned so much about isiac in the last, it's now been two years since I began this quest, uh, and we're down to 90 days, or just about. Um, you know, the, the, uh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, it, 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 hap- it happens, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to say it's age-related, but, you know, it could be. <laughs>
0: But I resemble that remark.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I, I guess the as it relates to that, uh, just kind of maybe to put a bit of a capstone on it, is the there are a lot of ideas about what can and cannot be done. There are, as I mentioned, there's there are some Downing Thomas's and I understand that, and I don't know exactly long-term how this is going to play out. But I do know that for Siri, we're determined to make this work because we're kind of in a unique position in that we see what's going on in the research community, and we see there's so much research that is related to what the people in the industries we serve uh, it's related to what they do, but they just keep missing each other. They, you know, there are two ships passing in the night. Mm-hmm. Well, and... that's been the case
1: in the in the industry forever. I mean, you know, I've been in the industry 36 years now, and that that's always there's always been this this disconnect. You know,
0: I mean, yes, yes, but the idea, I mean. Yeah, I, I guess now this may be my pride showing, I don't know, but um, I feel as though Siri is the missing link that can connect these two. That's, the, that's honestly, that's a big part of my mission mm-hmm. as executive director of Siri is to bring that about because the, Siri is the first and only cleaning science research organization serving these industries, mm-hmm. nonprofits. Uh, so we're kind of a unique beast, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, um, we have a narrow niche. I mean, we're not a trade association. Uh, we, you know, we're a professional technical organization and the industry isn't used to that. And, and that's part of the reason there's been, I think that there's been a connection is there's never been a organization like Siri, to, that the people that are in research can turn to that is not a commercial, you know, um, even a, well, trade a, association. Yeah, a commercial,
1: a commercial, yeah, a, a commercial entity per se. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and the trade associations for, you know, are for the most part uh, obviously 901, three C's too. So I mean, they, they are not for profits, but they, they have, they have an agenda, uh, a trade association. Well, I mean, everybody has an agenda. Let's be real here. Right. We all do. But, but you but the reality that. is there it, it this is this is long overdue i mean in this industry i mean it really is because there's there's great research that n- i've said this for years i mean decades now that it, there's some great information that rarely trickles down to the practitioner level and almost never makes it to the consumer level you know they, i mean you know and again it would have to be distilled but it's still it, it just it, those mechanisms aren't in place and most importantly i think john is that we need bi-directional communication. It's not just preaching down from academia. Academia needs to have, have a, a basis for what to research next and what makes the most sense. That'll have some, you know, actionable results. Cause I mean, it's great doing, doing, you know, philosophical research, but you know, it would be nice to have more research that's driven towards actually affecting change.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I, I completely agree. You know, an interesting side comment on Um uh, when you say bi-directional, it also goes the other way. Now, that most of this is 1990s and 2000s research. But there's been, there had been a fair amount of research done in the industry, in the cleaning industry, in the restoration industry, uh, and to some extent even in the remediation realm uh, that was not done by academics. It was not done in academia. It was done for and by the industry served. And the there's almost no knowledge of that research mm-hmm. in the academic circles. I found that out when I, I actually was asked to uh, present at a conference at Ohio State uh, in 1919. Uh, and I... And, and basically, it was all academic research about carpet and, and uh, resuspension and particles and uh, VOCs and, and all this academic stuff. And I, very much by coincidence, did they find me. But what I did once they found me is I presented on research that I was aware of, and nobody knew about this stuff. And what the interesting thing about it was, a lot of that research reached exactly the opposite conclusion of what the research, the academics that were there, had had reached. And I don't mean to su- suggest that ours was better or there, you know, it, it has nothing. Well, it was to coming at it, it from it was, different
1: angles and probably using different parameters and different variables, and you know, so there's
0: exactly probably there's, the,
1: there's valuable information probably to glean from both, right? I would assume.
0: And there, what's really valuable is to find out why we reach different, you know, to determine why we reach different mm-hmm. conclusions. Because I know that the quality of the research that I was familiar with was high quality. And I know from being at the conference that the research they were doing was also high quality. So you 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 put those things together and, and it becomes a really important question to ask. All right. So, We're trying to get to the, you know, to the bottom of it. We've got, we've looked at it from different perspectives. Let's, let's see if we can put it together and figure out, you know, really what's the bigger uh, Mm -hmm. truth about this.
1: So, I mean, I mean, the question still, you know, remains to be answered, you know, whether there's going to be this melding of academia and field practice. Uh, but this is a good starting point. I mean, at least, at least there's, a, you know, a major international, you know, event from a recognized international organization, you know, and, and, and you know, I'm, I'm speaking of ISIAC and you're obviously your organization is a newer organization, uh, but certainly a respected organization as well. And so, you know, the, the big question mark now is to see, you know, how this is received and, and uh, you know, how well it works. And I guess we'll, we'll know, I guess, uh, sometime like between November 9th and 11th, uh, at least the start of it. Um, so let, let's talk to the event just a little bit because I think this is uh, you know maybe a lot of people here that you know have heard of it but are not really sure. And I know my first reaction before we got involved with the event was Hawaii. Oh, that, that's that's like so far to go and so expensive. And uh, you know, and, and I found that I wasn't accurate in that at all. You know, it, it actually is not that expensive. It is a long ways, but it's. Um, it is in Hawaii. I, you know, I guess we got to stress that point. You know, it's like, it's a double-edged sword. You go, oh, it's so far. But it's like, it's Hawaii. <laughs> this is an event in Hawaii. <laughs> that's a big that's deal. That's
0: exactly right. It's a long way away. I'm excited away. about that. And, you know, and, and I don't, it, it's Hawaii, but it's Hawaii and we're all itching to get out. I mean, uh, we closed the, uh, abs. Abstract uh, several weeks abstract submission process and sent out uh, notifications on abstracts for both uh, oral and uh, poster presentations. Uh, what, about ten days ago, I think. Uh, actually, the uh, we were supposed to hear back from people um, just uh, Tuesday by Tuesday, and the one of the things that we that was very interesting. Actually, related things are interesting. First of all, with COVID, there's a lot of questions. I mean, there, are, there is a lot of uncertainty, especially with the Delta variant, mm-hmm. uh, about you know, whether people can come. And that's one of the things we wanted to know, can, because this is to be a face-to-face, in-person event. And we're determined that it will be unless the state of Hawaii says, no, you can't come. Uh, but what I, we found is that uh, actually a strong majority are planning to attend and even those who aren't sure really want to attend. So there is a strong desire, um, uh, to attend the conference by the, uh, by the people that are involved in it so far and both, both practitioners and also academics.
1: So you you did receive a lot of um, uh, quite quite a few uh, abstracts, right? There wasn't just a few. There was there were numerous abstracts. Um,
0: it was yeah, about. it was uh, it was basically double what a healthy buildings conference typically gets. Uh, the total number was in the three eighties. Now that included some that were withdrawn and mm. and various things. So right now we are at approximately 320 oral and poster presentations
1: um, which is a lot for a 3 day event <laughs> Believe me, I
0: know. you're, you're going
1: to need to qualify this to people who haven't been to an isiac event or you know an acad- academic event uh, you know the the way it's done right there, so we're not looking at per se, like 60-minute presentations from different pre- presenters. That's how you're able to get so many different topics on a stage.
0: Exactly. You'll have a typical, the, the the oral presentations, and I'll, we'll come back to workshops, which are a little bit different, but the standard oral presentations are 10-minute presentations. And, and you'll have a session where you'll have uh, a 90-minute session. You'll have... 7 pre- seven ten 10-minute presentations and then 20 minutes for a QA and a And your people are moving in and out. Mo- the research needs to be, when I say the research, the presentations need to be concise. I mean, that's both the good and the bad of it. I think it's mostly good that, that they're concise uh, because they're, but they have to be pretty narrow in their focus, which is right. typical of research. Sure. Uh, well, so, these are, te- these yeah, are like uh, TED Talks,
1: effectively. I mean, that's kind of what they are. They're like truncated uh, TED Talks. They're...
0: Yeah, that's a great – I hadn't thought of it that way, but that's a great way of uh, looking at it. And for, especially on the practitioner side, where you're not – few practitioners, some people that are in, involved in practice uh, have done research in different ways, uh, and, and there's different components of the practice side. But for the most part, practitioners are going to be talking about problems, you know, problem, basically problem solving mm-hmm. and how they went about solving problems. Or perhaps they went, they, they had a problem, they identified it, they tried a solution, it didn't work. To my mind, I, I, I think I said this in the last time I was on the show, to my mind, that's almost more valuable than somebody getting up and saying, you know, I, I did this. I solved the problem by using this or whatever. Uh, but there are a lot of, of issues that a business person runs into. And um, I think we kind of have to re-envision what research means in a business setting. Uh, and and that is – and honestly, it's kind of an interesting uh, – um, uh, segue here into one of the challenges that we had when we were reviewing the abstracts was when researchers would review a practitioner abstract, it, it was often lacking the, the stuff that the, the uh, research rigor that they're looking for. So we had to kind of bring them through that process and understand if it's a practitioner abstract, it's a different
1: deal. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a challenge. I was on your on the uh, review committee too, and I and I ended up reviewing uh, mostly researcher presentations, which I, I found interesting. You know, I, I expected to be reviewing practitioners, but um, but it, it was it was it was challenging for me a little bit because I had to really delve into their topics you know more than i you know probably would on on a normal review of information and event but i some really great stuff there so uh, let's let's talk a little bit about what type of what type of stuff should somebody expect uh, you know what type of topics what 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 are some of the areas that will be getting addressed and i know you you're, it's being structured in that one of the tracks there is four tracks for the conference or you're still hashing that out right how many tracks but the one track no, would be dedicated we're... to practitioner okay
0: It it is, we're going to have four tracks. I'm not saying it could not change, but we are, we are pretty determined that it will be very difficult to go to more than four tracks. We, the, the, there's, that we, the, we have a volume of good papers that require that many tracks. Mm. The only loose end is how many people are we going to lose who can't travel? and what are we gonna do about that? And, and I can talk a little bit about what we have planned for that, um, but the, um, as far as what we're gonna be talking about, um, obviously it, there will be a lot of papers related to COVID. There, there's been a lot of research done. Uh, a lot of the papers that will be at this conference that are related to COVID are gonna be basically about, about indoor air, about ventilation, filtration, there are some uh, papers that might that are also maybe about different types of systems for purifying air, um, but the bulk of them are more on, um, as I said, ventilation filtration, which are, seem to be uh, kind of the key.
1: Yeah, it's a big focus uh, there right will, now, obviously. Yeah,
0: right. There's, there, there have been uh, a number. Uh, there will be a lot of papers related to disinfection, cleaning, and disinfection uh, processes. Uh, we know that, that as things have evolved with COVID, it has become more and more apparent. And I think it's been become more and more period. A not just apparent, but it has, as time has gone on, it has become a uh, aerosol acquired disease. But, you know, there have been a, a number of really good papers about identifying uh, COVID, uh, you, you know, what's the effect of um, uh, cleaning and disinfection and disinfection? Uh, surface, how do you, can you identify COVID on surfaces? What value is there in that? One of the things that um, and this is I, I'm going to drift off to, off a little bit, but, one of the things that I have found uh, it's kind of a little bit of a misnomer or a misunderstanding is we, we, can't, we have kind of with COVID, we've gotten into this, it's surfaces, it's air. Uh, you know, it, it's one or the other. It's never one or the other because what's in the air goes on surfaces. What's on surfaces goes to the air it's a, it's a, a literally a fluid environment. Yeah. And but I mean,
1: predominantly the infection, everybody, you know, mo- there's pretty much consensus that most of it is, is acquired, uh, you know, from aerosol transmission, not from fomites from surfaces, right?
0: The, the vast majority. But as I said, COVID that's on surfaces, air movement brings them into the air.
1: The particles Yeah, uh, I, I mean it, it you you do have to holistically look at an environmental space but i mean the primary vector is going to be coming from an individual it's infected and that's you know so that's that's challenging right because it's you know it's it, it and this delta variant appears at least initially to be a bit more contagious so that that you know certainly, certainly raises the specter of, oh, you know we, we might be coming into a phase of this pandemic globally that could be pretty rough. we we may not be out of the woods here yet.
0: Um, believe me, I very much know that yeah. uh, that part. We actually had a uh, we Siri had a uh, executive committee meeting yesterday, and uh, Greg Whiteley, who is one of the plenary speakers, at Healthy Buildings, and is also on our executive committee, uh, talked a bit about uh, the Delta variant and what's making it different. Um, and, and essentially, basically, what's happening with COVID as it mutates is it's becoming, he described it as, it's becoming more sticky. Uh, it's, it's doing a better job of getting into uh, the lungs and sticking in the lungs and then reproducing. And uh, I don't know that we necessarily know how that relates to uh, severe sickness or mortality. I mean, those are different uh, Mm -hmm. issues. Certainly, he said that all the evidence uh, supports the fact that it is much more highly contagious than the original covid
1: I mean, sure. and this is what viruses do. That's 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 one of the, you know, the insidious parts of viruses as part of their evolutionary process, it, you know, is the longer they stay out in, in the public right? you know, or, you know, out in the environment, the, the more opportunity they have to re- create, re- uh, reinfect and mutate. You know, so the the longer it's around, the the more it's probably going to be modifying. I do want to point out for uh, anyone in the uh, virtual studio audience or watching us on the uh, HI community, uh, throw your questions in there because we'd be happy to uh, take those for John. So I I have a question for you. so the the abstracts have been selected. So you you know you've basically you have your your overall what your program is. Obviously it's, some of it's I'm assuming there's still this is like a really complicated Tetris game, isn't it? Like to, to move everybody around and get everything lined up in an actual schedule. I mean it seems to me because I've been involved in conference planning over the years too for various associations, but but having these really tight multiple presentations, there's a lot of a lot of little pieces to move around and have this scheduled. So where well, are you guys it, at in that process?
0: Just getting started, and that it, and and really we can't get started until we know who we have, and then and then you start piecing it together. But we will be, well, you know, you have ninety-minute sessions, and we will within each ninety-minute section session, you'll have four tracks, and each 90 minute session and a track will have uh, we will kind of put together related uh, related uh, talks, uh, related um, pieces. Uh, a lot of times we're going to, uh, if they're related and, and what they're talking about, but we can put maybe three or four uh, practitioner talks with three or four researcher talks, that's what we want to do. Um, we mentioned, we talked briefly about, or you, you talked briefly about the live stream. That's an important component uh, of the conference. There will be uh, a live stream that will include all of the plenary sessions and one featured track, one out of the four tracks. And the featured track is, is going to be primarily, if not exclusively, a research to practice track. Uh, and I'm happy to announce, while while we have it, that we've selected the organization that's going to produce that, and it happens to be the people that I'm talking to right now.
1: So yeah, I'm I'm happy I'm happy to have you announce that as well. Um, yeah, we're very excited. We're we're super excited. We've been doing. Uh, live streaming for a while and we've been doing hybrid events before the pandemic so this is not this is not new territory for us um, it was more of an uphill push though I'll tell you like four years ago three years ago doing hybrid events it, it, you had to like drag people kicking and screaming to you know to come to those because nobody wanted to do that but now you know post a whole year plus of everything being online now the hybrid event seems like a great alternative you know so right excited.
0: right and you know, for, for this, you know, you had mentioned, you know, it's a long way to Hawaii. Our, one of our concerns is people in the eastern U.S., you're still, and actually even more so when we started, but still still even now, uh, it's still hurricane season. So for those people to make a, a commitment to go to Hawaii uh, that they may have to break if a late hurricane comes in.
1: Oh, for practitioners. Uh, that could be could right. be doing doing the storm chasing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's a valid point.
0: Right. I mean, so uh, we wanted to have an option, uh, for, especially for those people feeling like there's going to be people that just don't feel comfortable leaving their business businesses uh, during that time. Uh, and uh, the other thing is, it, it enables us to focus this live stream on really what the 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 purpose of the the event is, which is research to practice. So it will be very much targeted that way. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited about that part of it. I'm even more excited about the face-to-face, and that's, sure. you know, that's important to us uh, because you, you know it's kind of something, you know, we've talked about previously. It's the downside to a hybrid event or a virtual event. You don't have the same interaction between sessions that you have, Uh, and and something that's live. So if you have something that's live and in person, uh, the people are there, you know, and and this is true. I mean, I I think we've all experienced it if we have attended these things. Uh, An awful lot of the value of those conferences is not just the sessions. It's the conversations and relationships developed between sessions and networking events, dinners. We're going to have a really cool dinner, by the way.
1: Mm-hmm. well i mean to uh, that end i will tell you from the live stream standpoint because again this isn't our first clam bake here um there will be some interaction we, we will create some opportunities for online people during when when there's breaks in the actual live sessions we'll create some networking opportunities online and i know it does it's not the same but it, it, it's you know it, it's not going to just be blank airspace and, and that's the other thing it's like we'll, our envisionment will be producing a, a live show that goes all day long every day and some of those those uh breaks where you would have lunch live in hawaii or you know we're at lunch we'll we'll actually have opportunities for people on the online audience to network and speak and do things so so it'll it, it, it'll it'll be nice i trust me <laughs> we're excited we're excited I do, for it
0: I do trust you i'm excited to have you doing it and uh, so that yeah, will be
1: yeah, the one thing is like, you know, I, I, the, the only thing I dread a little bit is, is packing up our entire production and flying it to Hawaii. Um, we, because we've, we've done a lot of events where we drive it in a trailer and stuff, but it's, it's it's a little scarier to stick it in flight cases and put it on planes. But, you know, we got it.
0: Gotta do what you gotta do, right? Gotta do
1: what you gotta do. And it's Hawaii. I, I have to bring that point too. It's like, you know, it's not a bad thing. <laughs>
0: There's there's some there's some uh, good things about that state.
1: There's a lot of good things about that state. I, I'm very excited to go there. Um, yeah, that's so. And I get again, I'm guess you know at at the live event, there's going to be opportunities for networking there because obviously, you know, your primary focus is still the live in person event, right? The in person event. So uh, you're you're going to help facilitate that because it, there's going to have to be some ice breaking, right, to get researchers to talk to us lowly practitioners. Is that true?
0: Yes. <laughs> Uh, that will be kind of interesting. Yes, I mean the uh, there yeah, we're will kinda, be a kind of
1: like, you know, we're kind of like the lower class there, you know. We, we're not, <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's like
0: uh, I feel we, that way sometimes. We, the uh huddled masses. Yeah. We won't be huddled though. We will be wearing our Hawaii shirts.
1: <laughs> you will. Okay. I'm I'm you're not going to see me in a Tommy Bahama, you know. I always <laughs> I always am featured in black. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, there, I mean, there's a reception the first evening, the, the dinner is the second evening we have, we're, we're planning to have, um, I almost like, uh, they call them cracker barrel sessions where we, we kind of, uh, bring in some practitioners and some researchers who can have some spirited discussions. Uh, I I do pick her up? Yeah.
1: That one. we're going to mute that one.
0: The, um, one of the, uh, as far as so uh, cracker,
1: I've never heard the term cracker barrel. So I, I have to, I always have to ask, where did that come from? That that's a new one for me.
0: Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong name, but basically it's kind of, um, something where a, as an example, a practitioner will bring up a, a subject that might be, that relates to research to practice and what is needed from a practitioner perspective. Challenge those from the research uh, standpoint to address it and then they will address it and you kind of have a semi-debate or discussion about it and then you reverse it and the researchers talk about their needs and and uh, and how and, and perhaps how what some things they'd like to see from practitioners that would help them to uh, make their research more relevant uh, and uh, for people in the industry. There's value in that for researchers because if their research shows value uh, in 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 the commercial area, both the people that do grants and the universities find you know that's a good thing for them because yeah, there's I looking, mean, they
1: need to get funded. They're 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 looking for you know sponsors for various research projects.
0: Exactly right. Yeah. So, so that's and, and then a variety of other um, uh, sh- small things that, that we're going to have a. Um, a social for, uh, students, uh, and there will be a number of students here. I'm amazed at how many, uh, students, uh, have submitted to do, um, uh, presentation. Is
1: that typical for, for this type, for the healthy buildings event? Do they normally get that many abstracts or is this like, this is another atypical response? Um, Just
0: I asking. don't know. I don't
1: know. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> First,
0: this is the first time I've done one.
1: Yeah I, I get so, it. yeah.
0: I think that it is. I think we. You know what? Honestly, Bob, we've had more of everything, and as a consequence of having more of everything, uh, we have you know more student uh, interest in this.
1: Well, I mean, so it, 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 yeah, it makes sense. And, yeah, it
0: was kind of surprising. we actually have. A, um, and, and somebody here knows that we actually have a high school, a, a, a just graduating high school student who is going to do a poster presentation. Yeah, that we're that's,
1: pretty- that's unique. I mean, it, it, but, it, you know, it, I think maybe it goes to uh, goes to show the evolution maybe of the industry in general. Um, we have an audience question I just got to ask you. This is actually unrelated to the event, but I'm going to ask it anyway because it got thrown in there. Um, the, the, Siri did a study with ATP testing a while back, and uh, he's thinking 10 years ago. Uh, but you weren't around 10 years ago, but maybe somebody, you know, somebody that you work with did. Uh, have there been any developments on ATP or is it still, you know, something that's, you know, Tried tried. Well, the,
0: the, the work that's, the work he, uh, Patrick Hartshorn. Yep. Uh, hello, Patrick, thank you for the question. Yes, the work that, w- that was done uh, probably started in 2007 or eight was to identify a effective uh, uh, method for measuring cleaning effectiveness uh, or efficacy. Uh, specifically in a school setting. Uh, And they looked at, Siri looked at uh, several different alternatives uh, in addition to ATP. In fact, as I understand it, when they began the search, they really weren't, they weren't very high on ATP. But as time went on, they looked at the alternatives. They felt that ATP was probably the best and most practical way to measure, and, and part of it, the reason for that is, it's a very quick, mm-hmm. relatively inexpensive process. Um, so that was done from that research, a standard was developed with the ISSA, the uh, ISSA Clean Standard for K-12 to Schools, and that was uh, the, the scope of that work and, and what came of it. Uh, since that time, actually there's been a lot of work that has been that uh, Greg Whiteley, among others and, and uh, various colleagues of his, have done that have kind of been aimed at improving the reliability of ATP testing. Uh, there, there, there are lots of uh, things with ATP that are potentially, Uh, problematic first of all you've got three or four different companies right uh three or four different devices and
1: then and the numbers between the different technologies you you can't take you know uh i'm not even going to say their name brands but you know the different ones the numbers are not the same they're they're, they're with the numbers are only relative to that device and that technology and that type of swab you're using
0: exactly You've got they're speaking different languages. Totally. So one thing that Whiteley has done—it's not the only thing he's done—but uh, I think it, it was, um, and this was published in series publication a couple years ago—is uh, he developed? He and colleagues have developed an algorithm to try to bring about some conformity <clears throat> to, uh, between those, so that this number with this device is relatively equivalent to this number with this device.
1: Good luck with that uh, I, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let Patrick do you, do you have a follow-up on this that you, you want to throw in Not a follow-up but it, he's kind of answered my curiosity question there there really hasn't been well, Siri hasn't done anything since then it sounds like but there has been no like established standard or anything that if you use an ATP test, here's your range. One to two is good. Three to five is bad. You know, it doesn't exist. Well, it's hard because, because they're not, they're not on level playing fields. It's like, it's like taking tape, you know, for mold, taking tape lifts, taking swabs, you know, and maybe taking some, you know, like micrometer, right. Some enzyme based thing and and trying to get a single number that works for all of them. It's it's not, it's effectively different. They're the same technology, but effectively they're different because they have different ways. You know, I mean, they're, they're still creating a bioluminance and reading it with a light meter effectively, but. Right and sampling techniques you know everybody yeah doing- i mean you can, you can skew those just oh. and, and then there's things that there's things that uh, uh you know will affect the outcome you know other uh inter- interference type uh products that can be on a surface too that can that can yeah. throw it off we we've I, used atp in my company since uh 2000 actually um, I, I was so- mostly curious because it the the term atp kind of disappeared there for a while in my world and then all of a sudden the last six seven eight months it's showing up, you know, contractors are using it to say, I did a great job. And it's, it seems to be coming back. Yeah. And the one I will say, and John, you may have a comment on this. I know we're totally off topic, but, you know, it, it, it's an interesting one, right? Because ATP, I think, got a research is during the pandemic because many people were out there claiming they're testing for COVID with ATP, which I find comical at, at the least because, you know, viruses are not alive and don't generate adenosine triphosphate. So, really is that what i mean what you're doing is you're doing a hygiene test of the surface and then i guess you're trying to make that leap of faith that well if there's not organic material on the surface there's probably no viral content on the surface there you go yeah, yeah. i
0: don't know so in the last issue of the theory publication which i'll put on the
1: screen you should <laughs>
0: um uh, journal of cleaning science ralph moon uh wrote a paper uh that really relates to um, what we're talking about, and especially as it relates to ATP use in the restoration remediation field. Because Siri's work was never related to, to re, uh, the restoration remediation area. Uh, in fact, we, Siri was, uh, ISSA came out with another standard and used the same data as was developed for the K-12 schools for cleaning office buildings, and Siri wanted nothing to do with that because you we're talking different environmental factors. But anyway, this um, article put it here up there. Oh,
1: there we go. Oh, look at that! Uh, it says misuse yeah. too. Nice, and that's new.
0: Yeah, it's uh, well. It was in the spring, in March. Okay. In March, so issue. You. Um,
1: you're going to cross cross post that to the Healthy Endures online community, aren't you?
0: I guess I'm going to. Yes, I will. (laughs) I mean, Siri's uh, publication is for members only, although Uh Uh this particular paper um, I um, provided to, or I gave permission to Ralph Moon to, uh, he was the author of it, to use basically to distribute as he feels appropriate. And I know he feels appropriate, and he's going to actually present on this at the conference so we are going back to the conference to a certain extent there we go
1: that we've we've come full circle and what a great segue
0: so the but the point about it as it relates to that um is that the what he pointed out is all the variables involved in those type situation restoration remediation situations and all the variables Patrick, you were talking about testing methodologies and things like that. Well, he goes through all that stuff. And and uh, uh, other variables, surfaces, there's a huge, there's huge variability from surface to surface. Some surfaces are appropriate, others are not. Some well, are that's more, true with any swab,
1: uh, though. That's not just ATP. When you take a swab sample of anything, you know, if it's a deep fiber type thing, you're only getting the surface. You're not getting deep into the fiber. and
0: Right. So, yeah, those are, physical limitations. It, it's interesting. I, I mean, it, it kind of, what it should do with all of us is make, keep us humble. You know, yes. that we haven't got it all figured out. It's, it, it also, in my opinion, it, it shows that the people that, that take their profession seriously, uh-huh. the ones that are going to be able to use something like ATP appropriately and, um, and those who don't, uh, unfortunately, end up giving it a bad name. Uh, it happened before, it will happen again. Well, it's,
1: like, like, like any technology, it has its limitations, right? I mean, and it's predominantly, I mean, I would say almost exclusively, it's for verifying post-cleaning and the hygienic condition of a surface after cleaning. ATP is not to go in and doing front-end diagnostics. You know, do you have mold in a building and people say they use ATP for that? That's absurd. That's not what, that's not what that technology is for. It's just to exactly. tell you whether you have an organic material load on a surface. That's all it's, that's what it does. That's good. all it. it does. It's, right. It, it, I mean, you know, honest guy God, from the first time we saw that technology back in 2000, we grabbed it. And we were using it in the remediation industry in the early days. Uh, and we did a lot, you know, like I would say we did quasi studies where we put it against uh, surface tape lifts and micrometer, the enzyme, you know, and we, and we had, we did for a, state project up in massachusetts we did hundreds and hundreds of all those samples side by side you know right taking all three boom 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 and and catalog that and there was an amazingly tight correlation for clearance you know you know when atp cleared we looked good on tape and we looked good on micrometer and and, you know conversely when atp failed we generally found a, a problem in the other technologies too so Anyway, well, so we're getting to the end of the hour. I'm, I'm going to let us run a few minutes over because we started a few minutes late. And, you know, I, I don't want to cheat you out of minutes, dude. Uh, I guess I wouldn't feel right about that. Um, so l- l- let's let's talk a little bit, um, you know, c- kind of a final wrap-up pitch for the event. I mean, this is a really, I, I think this is a unique novel event for a couple reasons. You know, the fact that it is focused on both academia, which is what an ISIAC conference would normally be focused on, and practitioners and and this time it looks like it's really going the rubber's going to meet the road here it will, it will happen and it's in Hawaii I, i'll say that again you know
0: it's, it's, <laughs> i don't have to make a pitch you just did i mean i, I think yeah, that
1: i guess you know i mean um, so so when so let's talk about the you know just uh, the, the, the prominent dates and the important things to know coming up. So obviously um, they can, uh, I'm assuming people can get to this at, let me bring up the graphic, uh, uh, hb2021-america.org, right? I've got yep. got it up on the screen right now. So that's that's the URL to get to the conference website. Um, so you have an early bird registration currently in effect?
0: Early bird registr- registration until September 17th. So you still have about six weeks, approximately six weeks, that you can get in at the early bird price. Uh, I would uh, strongly suggest for uh, people that are, you know, really would like to attend, start looking at at uh, flights early. Start looking at flights now. I would say uh, one good thing about there aren't a lot, but one good thing about COVID is the, the airline industry has been a lot easier to work with. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll allow you to I, – I, don't hold me to this. I don't think they typically will allow cancellations, but they allow postponements. They allow yeah. rebooking. Re, uh, re- being... if,
1: if you're doing a full coach fare, uh, you know, the economy class, I think, for most airlines, they don't give you much latitude. But if you're paying actual coach – you actually, yeah, you, you have, you have some latitude there to read, rebook and do things.
0: Yeah. You, so you have, uh, things that you can do there, you know, depending on where you are, um, you know, the, it, you know, I would say certainly in the Midwest, uh, a lot of airports, you're looking at six to $700 for a flight, which isn't unreasonable. Mm-mm. Um, the, uh, I think on, from the East Coast, it, it's somewhat more expensive, but I, again, it depends on uh, where you're you're traveling from. I mean, from gotta,
1: Syracuse, it's like $3,000 plus your firstborn child, but the, the, we, we have the, the worst airfare prices in, on the planet here. Uh, it's not quite that bad, but it, it, it's, you know, we're already looking at uh, coming out of a different city just because Syracuse is notoriously high for everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I understand some cities, but, but are yeah, like I mean,
1: that. we we were looking into it honestly. Uh, most most of the airfare, you're still in that seven hundred six seven hundred dollars range. You know, you can still get from the East Coast, so that that's not bad. I mean, this is, but like like you mentioned, those prices aren't going to go down as we get closer toward the travel season to Hawaii. Prices will go up. Yeah. you have a block, yeah, you have a block will. of hotel rooms and uh, available, but
0: and, and uh, an incredible price at uh, the uh, for the. It's like $149, which if you know anything about Hawaii prices, it's, uh, I mean, originally we actually were at 199 and thought that was a great price. And then we were able to get it down to 149
1: It really is 149 uh, now? I, I didn't even look at it recently.
0: Yeah, it's okay, that's, 149
1: That's inexpensive. It's, I mean, that that gets you like typically in like a, a seedy red roof inn, you know, in like, you know, uh.
0: Well, if you think it's about my- it, in, right? Uh, yeah, it, no, it's a great price. Uh, so that's—I think that's an important part. I see Vic has asked about what's your bottom, what's the bottom line? What is it going to cost you? Um, the conference itself. Um, and I, I'm hell, heck, honestly, I, I don't know exactly what the price is, but roughly sixty seven hundred seven hundred.
1: Yeah, it's priced similar to any other three day event that you would go to anywhere else in the continental U.S. Honestly, the hotel prices are lower than most most conferences you go to now, Vic, um, anywhere in the U.S., you know, any major industry event. You're looking at two two hundred fifty dollar a night hotel rooms usually at most conferences. That's what they are. Um, The air your airfare could probably be a bit lower, not going to, you know continental us versus hawaii so that's going to be the the little bit of a difference there but I, I don't it's not appreciably higher than going to any other event in the industry that's what surprised me to be honest
0: yeah it looks like patrick uh, came up with 1800 i was going to say probably 2000 uh, would be a realistic and uh, let's be honest if, if, if spend another grand we should always
1: expense. be honest john but okay okay
0: uh don't just you know if you're going to Hawaii enjoy it. Uh Yeah, so I mean, it's least- an
1: opportunity to stay there a little bit longer. I I mean I I really wouldn't leave on uh on was it Friday? The event no it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So I mean you're really not going to fly back out Thursday night, right? You- should hang out for no,
0: you definitely don't want to try and go back.
1: And the hotel Just rate, it. It actually, it's a lot at the block for the hotel pricing, actually, is on both sides of the actual conference dates, right? So, you could you could stay at that hotel and actually get pretty good hotel rates.
0: Hey, there for I, I think it's like seven or eight days is our total uh, room block. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a, a lot of additional days. The uh, it isn't a big room block, I have to tell you. So, one thing I would say is get you, you know, if, if you definitely want to go, get get your room uh, reserved. Uh, so, um, you know, that's important. It's a great, as I said, it's a great price. It is, it's not a beachfront hotel. It's it's the hotel that is basically connected to the convention center, uh, but it's not far from the beach. It's not, what is it, Waikiki Beach. It's very close. Uh, so it's, all right, I'm. Patrick, you're doing all the work.
1: Yeah, but Patrick's in. Office. Patrick's in Alaska. Uh, that's not really closer, though. Actually, you're you're up like uh, by the North Pole, not quite, but that's that's a pretty good haul for you too.
0: He's on um, the same ocean.
1: He's not, he is on the same ocean. Yeah. I mean, us East coast people, you know, it's like, you know, it, it is, I, I'm, for me, it's just the time factor. I'm, you know, and I have to I have to get that into my head to deal with this. It, it's a three hour time differential in Hawaii from the West coast of the U S correct. So it's six hours from the East coast. Is that what it is? Or is
0: it more? It's sick from the East coast, from Eastern time to Hawaiian time is at least six hours. It may Maybe, be...
1: It might be more, right? I, I
0: think should know this. <laughs> two. I, and I used to, but I don't so really you, now. You will,
1: you will get jet-lagged a little. There's no question about that. You know, it's like flying over to Europe. I mean, you, you, you do have, you know... I mean, these are factors. That's why you should stay a little longer.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, um, there are a lot... There, it's a unique place. Uh, Interesting uh, fact, I don't know if anybody realizes this, other than me and everybody I tell, that um, Hawaii is the most remote place on the planet. There is no more remote location. It's further than any place to nowhere. Really? Yeah. Oh. the most remote place on the planet, so it's it's far for everybody. We're going to have a ton of people coming from Japan, assuming they you know assuming they're able to get their stuff together on COVID. Uh, the Japanese are excited about coming. They the Japanese love to come to Hawaii anyway, so that was a surprise to us how many uh, Japanese uh, sent submission submitted abstracts for the conference.
1: And again, uh, you can get more information on this event uh, at hb2021-america.org. That's uh, that's the site. Um, yeah, I mean, y- you should move on this pretty soon too because prices are good now, you know, but like anything, you know, prices are subject to get more expensive, you know, and and they will, you know, once the hotel block runs out and the airfare starts going up and your early birds over, this could be a bit more expensive conference. So, you know, it makes sense to actually uh, jump on that now. Um, Also um, we're, you know, the healthy indoors uh, uh, healthy indoors.com site is our, our, home it's been our home traditionally for for our uh, media organization and the publications and that's really where you can get you know all the back issues of our magazine all the back posts we've done for you know eight years by the way what i didn't mention john is this is actually our birthday uh, literally this is our birthday today um i i, I checked the dates so this is we pub, we launched healthy indoors in 2013 on august 5th so this is you know happy birthday to us which is kind of exciting susan was there for that um so that that's always always an exciting thing to bring up but so healthy indoors has been around for a bit um we uh recently have uh created the uh, healthy indoors online global community which is this is a this is a unique animal in of itself because it's a we've been talking about it for the last uh several weeks now um it is a uh, dedicated platform to indoor environmental sustainability concerns um fundamentally free so you can you can become a member of this community it's a it's a platform for networking for sharing information and actually content you know we have all of the healthy indoors content there's a lot of other creators and shows and things uh, coming into the community as we do and uh, of course uh, i guess the one thing i should mention right john i guess i can plug this now is uh the uh the healthy buildings america event is going to stream to the healthy indoors online global community so when if, if you are an online participant you'll be streaming to a a gated area in the community that's where we would be watching it. So um exciting things like that happen there. <laughs> we're, we're 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 very happy to you know to bring this premier international event in into the community and I think uh you know it's a win-win for all of us. I mean it's 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 great I um again this is a this is a place where you can obviously do, you know, see events, uh, but more importantly, you can network with other like minded people or even different minded people from around the planet in the various silos of the IAQ and indoor environmental industries. Um, so, and there's a lot of silos, are there not, John?
0: <laughs> there are yeah, There <laughs> are number of silos. And it's, but, but that's really important because if, if you're able to make contacts with people that are coming from a different perspective, from a different part of the industry, That makes you and and can develop those relationships and learn from them and them from you, you become more valuable, whether you're a consultant, contractor, an educator, whatever it would be.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah this is so we're 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 super excited about this event i think it's a great opportunity we certainly encourage everybody in our listening audience uh to uh consider uh consider going to this event because i I think it's going to be unique and beneficial i think uh i I suspect everybody that goes there is going to find it was a valuable experience and it's in hawaii
0: (laughs) (laughs) you you mentioned that too
1: many times you know so we're, we're 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 at the uh at the witching hour now um John, thanks so very much for joining us this week. Um, it's uh, you know we had, had a little bumpy start with the audio, but we figured it out. Um, your telephone worked just fine, by the way.
0: Excellent, excellent.
1: Uh, you're the first guest actually that we've ever done on the show with a telephone uh, connection, I, other than Richard Shaughnessy. I think when you we were on the last time, he like he linked in with the. Telephone.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, Richard. He was he was only on my phone, as I recall yeah.
1: it. Yeah, he yeah you know. Yeah technology is maybe a little slower in certain parts of the country uh so so with that i guess uh uh, thanks again to uh john downey he's the executive director of siri the cleaning industry research institute uh who is the host for the uh, upcoming uh, Healthy Buildings America 2021 event, uh, you're the host organization. Of course, that event is uh, a- an event being produced by the uh, International. Yeah, I'll get this right. International Society of Indoor Air Quality and Climate (ISIAC). Um, so this is a this this should be a great time. So. Uh, I guess, uh, at that point, I'll just say, uh, thank you so very much for joining us again here on the healthy indoors live show. Uh, we're here every Thursday and guess what next Thursday, we're here again. And we're bringing back a guest. We had uh, a few months back, Dr. Lauren Tessier, uh, Tessie, Tessier, or it's, you can say Tessier or Tessier that that's, that's to be debated again. Uh, She, she says she goes by either name. So it confuses me when somebody has two different pronunciations of their name. I'm just, it's, it's out of my wheelhouse, John. I can't do it. Uh, but she'll be here next week. Um, the following week, we have uh, another great show. And uh, I also want to point out the Healthy Indoors uh, After Hour Show, which we do on the third Tuesday of each month. That's a nighttime show. It's a 90-minute program, totally different format. This month, it'll be on uh, August 17th. Uh, which is Tuesday, coming up in a few weeks, uh, from 7 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, that's going to be a great show. We're billing it as our uh, big-ass birthday blowout bash for Healthy Indoors. So uh, you join us. Uh, it's, it's it's a light format. We're going to have a lot of our guests from over the years uh, popping in, and it should be fun. should be a fun time. So until next week, uh, we'll see you, same bat time, bat channel, for the Healthy Indoors live show. Take care.